and uh, out in the courtyard and all of you that are home in different places uh, uh, and we're glad to be together this evening and to turn uh, uh, and consider the things of the Lord tonight. I, um, as I mentioned this morning, I'm taking a little bit of a break here one week uh, from our journey through the Scriptures and currently in uh, the book of Luke because I wanted to uh, share a few things that have been on my heart here for a little while. It's been a little while since we've talked. Um, I think just before, we, the final Sunday before we uh, uh, kind of had to, to break related to the coronavirus, and then now it's been all that it's been back and forth now for literally months now, and have been focused on studying through the Word and letting that do its work in our lives. But I thought tonight, just a night to, there's a few things that have been floating around on my heart here for a while in recent weeks, and I thought I might uh, uh, just uh, share them a little bit with you this evening. And uh, there, uh, you can do with them exactly what you uh, please. And uh, maybe all of it is just entirely uh, for me. But I just want to make sure, uh, really, uh, basically, I just want to make sure that we're doing all right. Uh, and uh, that you're doing all right. We're doing all right as a church as we're kind of splintered and fragmented. Uh, in the way uh, that we currently are, and so many of you that we haven't seen in a while, which is perfectly fine, and, uh, uh, but we miss you and, um, and want to just have a chance for all of us to meet together in this kind of a way. It's kind of like how I think about it is like an annual physical at the doctor's uh, office. You go there and uh, nothing specific is being addressed. There's no, no need, but it's a time just to uh, look around at things and make sure that everything's going all right. And that's uh, kind of what uh, I I've, uh, want tonight uh, to accomplish for us as a church family. I do want to kind of center everything that I'm going to talk about this evening around a single verse. And if you'll turn to it, I don't want to merely read it to you, but I want you to see it with your own eyes, and it's in Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 4. Proverbs chapter 4, a single verse there. I'll give you a moment to uh, turn to it while we're doing that. I just want to say hi to uh, uh, Wilson June Martin, old friends of Calvary Chapel Modesto and uh, out there in North Carolina, and uh, miss you. Great memories related to you, and been meaning to say hi for a while. So while we're taking care of family business, we'll do that tonight. Uh, as well. The verse that I want to focus on is a single verse there in uh, chapter 4, verse 23. And uh, the Holy Spirit declares, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring uh, the issues of life. And what I'd like to do is, is for our uh, technical experts here tonight to not quite put a, uh, the comic up on the screen just yet. I just want to introduce it for a moment. But this last week I was, I like the comics. I've uh, subscribed to the San Francisco Chronicle uh, during this uh, corona period and there's really nothing uh, but... Uh, there's nothing. There's no sports. There's no whatever. So I don't know why I'm doing. 
well, I know why I'm doing it. I did it basically for the comics and for the crossword puzzles. And uh, one of my favorite comics is a comic strip called Pearls Before Swine. And the one that I'm gonna, you, you're going to see in just here in a moment was from uh, dated July 15th, just this last week, uh, 2020. And perhaps some of you have already seen it. So we'll put it up on the screen and I'll give you a moment to uh, read it for yourself. All right, we got it? All right. See, when you take as long as I do through the comics, it's, 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 it's all the time I have, really. Uh, I give a lot of time to each one of them. But uh, one of the things that I liked about this comic was that it's, it speaks to how um, uh, dominant fear and anxiety have become uh, in, uh, in uh, uh, the world today. And of course, most uh, comics or uh, comedy, it always deals with a germ of truth and looks at it from that angle and it resonates because uh, of, of that truth. And it, this comic speaks to how uh, odd and rare is the person now who rejects fear and anxiety as a way to live instead of just choosing to enjoy uh, life on a daily basis, whatever the circumstances uh, might be. And so you have goat here. Uh, the names are very, uh, he's, he's very, very careful and creative with his names. Goat is called goat. And uh, he's considered crazy by rat and pig, uh, but at the same time, uh, they do notice that there's something different uh, about him. And of course, today in the world that we are in, uh, the crazies are considered sane and the sane are considered crazies. It's just one more way everything is turned upside down. We can remove the cartoon uh, or no one will listen to me the rest of the way. So. Of course, we've got a lot going on in our lives and in the world today. Uh, pre, three kind of very dominant issues that have been a part of our lives now, uh, at least for months, all three of them together in terms of for months. And we're all living in the midst of a, a pandemic and then all that goes with uh, that pandemic. And uh, none of it, of course, has helped in terms of navigating it uh, by how hard it is to get accurate information on uh, anything related to the pandemic. And uh, one week the experts are saying one thing and then the next week or even the next day something else is being said, all of it changing, uh, as well as our government's responses to the pandemic and uh, to say nothing of uh, actually uh, getting COVID-19 ourselves. A second great uh, storm that we find ourselves in the middle of presently is uh, uh, living in the midst of this great social unrest that has uh, been happening in recent weeks and all of the agendas that are associated with it. And some of those agendas are uh, good and uh, some of those agendas are bad. And then, of course, we're living now in the home stretch of uh, a national presidential election in a nation that is very, very deeply uh, divided. And people on both sides are very impassioned about their uh, views of all of that. And then we're trying to deal with all of that uh, to say nothing of all of the pressures that we face on a daily uh, basis. The effort of trying to earn a living, trying to put food on the table, uh, trying to keep a roof over our, our heads, and uh, uh, raising kids, maintaining a healthy marriage, and 
you know, all of the things that constituted uh, a full plate in our lives before any of these other three things came on uh, our radar. And you might remember uh, the good old days were just last February compared to what it is that we uh, deal with on a, a daily basis. And to just stop and think for a moment, I certainly do in terms of my prayers for you and prayers for other people, uh, all of this, whether we stop and realize it or not, it puts enormous pressure uh, upon us. This is a lot for human beings to deal with uh, day in and day out, all of the uh, uncertainty, outwardly speaking, uh, related to it, all of the stress of it. And it's been going on uh, for quite a while now. And it's a lot to have on, on our plates. And, uh, and, uh, and just to realize the pressure that is there. Uh, many, many years ago, I heard an illustration that has helped me immeasurably in the course of my uh, Christian life. And uh, the Lord has brought it back to my mind uh, frequently in the last two or three months. And the illustration uh, is this. It's about a man who's driving uh, down the road in his car, and as he's driving, he's got a cup of coffee in his hand, and he hits a bump in the road, and as he hits that bump in the road, the result is, is that the coffee spills out of his coffee cup and onto his lap. And the point of the illustration is, is that the bump didn't put the coffee in the cup, what the bump did was to reveal what was already in the cup. And so here we are at a time in life where there's so many bumps that we're hitting uh, in our lives, the things that I've mentioned, but then all of the things that are uh, specific and peculiar to uh, your life as well. And these bumps of the pandemic and the social unrest that centered on a very, very uh, sensitive issue, the issue of race today, as well as the politics, and um, as we hit uh, these bumps, and uh, it is very, very important for us to notice uh, and be self-aware, Holy Spirit aware, self-aware in our lives of, uh, that we, of what comes out of our lives as a result of these bumps, and then to be careful to uh, examine what comes out of our lives as a result of the bumps. So we hit these things, we've got a lot of things going on, and so what words uh, come out of my life as a result of this? What attitudes, what actions are coming uh, out of my life as we, as we hit uh, uh, these things? And then the importance of it in all of that is we're navigating these things and we notice our reaction to the various things that uh, are coming our way on a regular basis. It's very, very important to carefully examine what comes out of our mouth, what comes out of our lives, what uh, begins to form our attitudes, uh, that we examine them in the light of God's Word and especially to examine them in the light of Jesus' life, His teaching, and then to determine whether uh, these reactions to all of these things, uh, the consequences of the bump and what they expose, whether they're uh, worthy of a Christian or uh, whether they're virtuous and they represent Christ well, uh, or whether the reaction is uh, even uh, sinful. And if a bump like the bumps that we're hitting 
uh, uh, what comes out of our lives is virtuous by, uh, uh, as a result of it, then hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's great, and that's an encouragement to notice as well. But if what comes out of our lives is sinful, it is important for us to recognize that and uh, then to repent of it and then to determine that my reaction to this bump, to these circumstances, that, um, to determine that I'm going to learn from this and, and, that, uh, uh, and I'm going to grow in this area uh, in, in my life as a Christian. Some of the things that can kind of pop out of the, the cup uh, based upon these bumps that we're hitting here in life today. One of them that's really dominant, it's the theme of the, the cartoon or the comic that I put in front of you, is fear. And it's important for us, here I am, I'm a GP, general practitioner, internal medicine guy, spiritually tonight, we're in the doctor's office, and uh, in the same way that my uh, doctor would bring up this or that, that's what I want to do this evening. And it's important to look at our lives and examine uh, this issue of fear that's so much around us in the world, uh, all around us, and in, in the reaction to the circumstances of, of this world. And to realize that if fear is what uh, these circumstances in, in life have exposed as constituting kind of the deep streams of my life for me to realize that fear is dangerous stuff. And uh, it isn't something we want to grow accustomed to or continue in for any length of, of time. And uh, fear is not only dangerous to us individually, but fear has the added danger within the body of Christ, talking about a church family, and, uh, uh, but fear has the added danger of being very, very contagious in its spread uh, to others. I've been thinking recently in this regard the last few weeks about uh, the 12 spies that were sent into the promised land uh, by Moses in order to spy it out and come back with the report that the land was exactly as God declared it to be. And two of the spies came back and they gave a glowing report of the land, Joshua and Caleb. And then the 10 spies came back and they gave an evil report uh, of uh, the promised land. And then fear gripped. I mean, you're talking about somewhere between two and three million people, the children of Israel at this point, having come out of Egypt, and seemingly within hours, uh, this fear spread through the entire camp until they're ready to hang Moses. And, and uh, that's how quickly fear can spread and how dangerous it is. And that decision that was born out of fear produced one of the absolute worst decisions that's recorded in the entire Bible that resulted in the children of Israel not entering into the promised land at that moment in time, but an entire generation uh, wasting away for 40 years, wandering in uh, the wilderness. This is a good time in our lives to uh, look, and especially as we uh, think about fear. And of course, we're all prone to, uh, to fear. And uh, to, uh, it, it, one of the nice things about this kind of environment, I experienced it this la uh, just this morning 
when we were in the kitchen between services and the worship team and getting ready to come out for the second service and somebody uh, spoke something that was really, uh, it, it, it had an element of faith to it and how great God is and, and how things are under control and all. And immediately my spirit is encouraged by it. And, uh, and so as, as, as contagious as fear is, uh, speaking faith to ourselves and to one another is, is just as powerful and even more powerful by the Holy Spirit. And so as, as we would, would be dealing with fear in our lives, the importance of finding passages in the Scripture that, uh, uh, that speak to faith, speak to how big our God is and, and how interested He is and how uh, He's going to take care of us, and then to speak those uh, passages into our own hearts, but to speak faith into one another's uh, lives, things that make us leave the conversation excited about uh, God and what it is that He's doing, uh, and, and committing these to memory uh, for, for using them in, in uh, seasons like this. I think about an example of that would be Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then you can go into Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise Him. And then as an example, on into Psalm 52, you could really go to every psalm in this regard. Uh, Psalm 52, verse 5. My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And in God is my strength and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in uh, God. And then you don't even have to stop in the Psalms. One of my favorites in, uh, in seasons like this comes out of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32, uh, verse 26. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Behold, I am the uh, Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult uh, for me? And to speak this kind of faith, this kind of encouragement and perspective into uh, one another's lives is uh, so important. Uh, one, another thing we want to be careful is if a bump in our lives or these bumps is, is I find that I am responding with a fleshly uh, anger. And it's always good when when I respond to something with a fleshly anger, uh, when that does occur, to then examine that fleshly anger and ask God, God, would you reveal the source of this to me? I'm angry. I don't know what I'm angry about specifically. I can't put my finger uh, on it, but would you show me what it is that that I'm uh, angry about? Because 
all fleshly anger has a fleshly source. It doesn't ju- it's not self-existent. It just doesn't happen. It's always tied to a deeper stream that is uh, uh, operating within uh, in my life. And that's what we want to get to and have God uh, uh, fix and change within, uh, within our lives. I think it's good to remember that if my uh, reaction to something uh, is disproportionate to the stimuli, it means that I'm always dealing uh, with uh, underlying issues. And the example I always use with this is that if a wife made bacon and eggs with toast breakfast for her husband, he's sitting at the dining room table, she takes and puts the plate in front of him, but the toast is burnt. And he picks up, uh, seeing the toast that is burnt, he picks up the plate of food and he throws it through the dining room window. Uh, You know immediately, this is not about burnt toast. Uh, There's underlying issues in this this man's life. There are other reasons for why uh, all of that uh, has happened. And uh, and to stop and look and say, Lord, what is the 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 root of this anger within my life? And I want that to be taken care of with you because I don't want to respond to bumps in life uh, in this way. And of course, there's a lot of stress today. And with that stress, there's that uh, fleshly anger. We want to be careful of, of impatience. That's uh, something that can be coming out with, with a bump. And, uh, and then also uh, rebellion. Uh, and uh, uh, some people meet extraordinary circumstances in their life, like we're experiencing today, when an extraordinary circumstance uh, comes into their life, there is one group of people who respond immediately with fear. That is their, that is their natural reaction from Adam and Eve of their flesh. But there is another group of people, far smaller, but they do exist, and they respond to uh, an extraordinary circumstance. They will respond with rebellion. They will respond with a fight. And it's the old classic example uh, about the uh, fight or flight instinct that is uh, uh, built into us. And they have no flight in them at all, but they've got a lot of fight uh, 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 in them. And being uh, rebellious toward authority, uh, even God-given authority, and having a rebellious spirit is, in my mind, one of the most overlooked and one of the most dangerous sins among God's people, as it's addressed uh, as such and and exposed as such continually in the Bible from one end uh, to the other. And I would contend I could be entirely wrong. Uh, that, uh, but I would contend that Christians are not universally, uh, but they are uh, 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 to a great extent, uh, we are very rebellious. And a lot of Christians have a spirit of rebellion, and uh, this is their first reaction to everything. Now, what I'm not saying here is I'm not saying that we roll over 
and the, we accept uh, uh, the decisions of all authority uh, in our life, no matter what the decisions are. The Bible is very, very clear uh, that we are never to accept uh, any uh, 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 dictates that come from even God-given authority when those dictates violate uh, the clear teaching com- and commandments of uh, the Word of God. But it does mean that we understand that opposition to the misuse of authority uh, is not to be done with a spirit of rebellion. It is to be uh, that, that opposition to that misuse is to be done under the control and the leading uh, of the Holy Spirit as opposed to the spirit of rebellion. And there's a difference between resistance and rebellion. Uh, resistance accomplishes the very same exact thing, but it's much more principled and it's much more uh, self-disciplined. Another thing that is popping up in the midst of all of this in terms of coming out of uh, uh, our hearts, in terms of the, uh, these, these bumps, is hatred. And uh, you see it all around. I mean, there's so much hate coming out of uh, people's lives. It's really uh, astonishing. I, I know, uh, uh, but we'll stay within the realm of, of, of Christians. I know one person, uh, and uh, he is a Christian man, and he so hates uh, our president uh, that recently uh, he asked uh, anyone who likes the president, uh, no matter what their relation to him, whether friend or whether a family member, Christian, non-Christian, uh, to unfriend him on uh, Facebook. He's going to burn every single relationship, uh, a significant block of relationships in his life potentially, uh, over a hatred uh, of, of the president. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. And of course, uh, Peter writing in that same vein, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, and above all things have fervent love for one another, for love will cover uh, a multitude of sins. I think about uh, a lot of what I see and you do as well coming up out of, uh, out of uh, our hearts uh, potentially and in reality is this thing called slander. And if these bumps have produced uh, slanderous uh, uh, speech coming out of me or uh, on the keyboard, uh, which is a, the new way of speaking today, then that's something I want to take a look at between the Lord and I and, and to realize that is absolutely not uh, worthy uh, of, of a Christian. And uh, spreading and slander is just basically spreading lies about others and ruining the uh, reputations of others with lies. And uh, today it's done with glee uh, and, uh, and being careless with the truth and failing to make sure that what I'm saying or what I'm posting about other people is 100% true uh, before I do th- uh, that. And this sin of slander uh, is a, literally a curse in the body of Christ. And uh, slander is no more virtuous 
when it is directed uh, at non-Christians as when it is directed toward uh, Christ, uh, Christians. Then there's the, the potential of drunkenness uh, or any other means by which so many people are self-medicating their way uh, through this uh, season and this chapter uh, in life. And we want to be careful as Christians that that's not something that we have ventured into now instead of prayer and instead of being washed by the Word of God and being, uh, being be, uh, be being filled uh, by uh, the Holy Spirit. But these bumps sometimes, they, they produce this kind of a thing that's now introduced into our lives. I think about contention and quarrels and uh, hear so many people willing to fight at the drop of a hat and just so quick to jump into every single argument and set everyone straight. And uh, contention and quarrels, the Apostle Paul, uh, he lists that as works of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. And yet so often in our lives it can be we hit bumps like this or another bump in life and the instantaneous thing that comes up out of our life is this fighting. We're going to contend. We're going to uh, quarrel uh, related to it. And I'm not talking about uh, discussing uh, things in life or problems in life or the problems of the world. Uh, but I- I'm not talking uh, about uh, discussions that a- occur that are redemptive in nature. We need more conversations that are redemptive in nature in our current environment and, and climate. Uh, and I'm talking about those conversations that come out of an individual's uh, flesh or the desire uh, to uh, the love of a fight. There's a verse that comes to my mind always related to this in uh, James chapter 1, verse 19. And so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Wow, things in this world right now can really, really make you angry. And uh, a lot of things beyond what we've even talked about. And uh, as major bumps that are happening that, uh, that all of us are in the, the middle of, and it's important to uh, be very quick uh, to hear and uh, slow to speak in environments like this in order that what we bring to conversations uh, can be redemptive in, in their tone and, and in their uh, effect. And then I think about that most dangerous of all sins, the sin of pride and the idea that I'm always right, that I never can be wrong, and, uh, and then worse, that anyone who disagrees with me is a stupid idiot. And, uh, or the more subtle manifestation of, of pride, uh, making my view on all of these issues that we've talked about 
uh, my view on these issues and how I think everyone should conduct themselves in the light of these issues. I then make that the litmus test for people's spirituality. And uh, you are spiritual if you agree with me, and you are unspiritual uh, if you do not. Or whatever else that, uh, that the, the bump uh, causes to spill out of our lives that we haven't uh, mentioned. And again, I want to be very, very careful to say, I am not addressing a known issue uh, in, uh, uh, in our body. I'm just saying this is the way that things are. This is the intensity uh, of the moment, and these are the things that we want to be aware of. I'm, uh, 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 I'm not uh, saying that it is a, a present situation in our church or in anyone's individual life. I'm just saying. The same way you sit and talk with a doctor, and he says, hey, watch out for this and watch out for that, or uh, these kind of things, and that, that's what we've got uh, uh, going on here. And anything in life, and here's the wonderful thing about bumps, they're, they're tremendous. Anything in life that reveals to me the deepest streams that are flowing uh, within my life, the streams that it takes a big bump uh, to bring these things up from down below, and uh, any bump that shows me what is the condition of my heart, and what is uh, deep down in my heart and in my life uh, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It is invaluable when we hit something and even when we uh, respond poorly to it, to at least then become aware of the fact that, wow, that is in there in a way that I didn't think was there. Now I want to address this issue uh, between, uh, between the, the Lord uh, and I in, in order that uh, rather than just uh, having the reaction to some kind of a bump and then having it uh, spill out uh, instantaneously and then just seeing that, oh, I shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have done that and then we ignore it uh, or we don't take it to the next step of allowing it to do something good in our lives and then uh, the bumps in life are wasted. And we must never, ever waste uh, these kind of circumstances that occur uh, within our lives. And so we don't want to settle into a pattern of just allowing these things to remain in our lives in an unending way and, uh, and, and unexamined uh, with God. I also want to remind us tonight that it's important to realize that God is doing amazing things uh, today. And He is doing amazing things today, uh, presently, at this very, very moment, uh, in the midst of this world that looks like just some kind of a gigantic, uh, out-of-control mess all around us. Uh, probably a, a verse that's in probably the top five of the most famous verses in the Bible, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, Paul says, and we know that all things work together for good uh, to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purposes. And that little phrase there, work together, it's important to realize that that is in the present uh, tense. In other words, uh, this is something that God is actively and continually and presently doing in each of our lives as Christians. 
the moment anything happens in our lives, whether it's good or whether it's bad or whether it's anything in between, he immediately goes to work on it to work it together for uh, our good. And all of this is accomplished under uh, what is known as the providence of God that God is at work in the world, He is at work in individual lives, and that He rules over all, and He overrules all for His purposes. These things that are going on around us that I've spoken about, or really anything that's going on in the world, we could readily sit down and in 30 seconds fill the list out to 20 things if we want to go internationally on all of this. And, uh, uh, but to, to realize that the Lord, there is nothing outside of his control. Uh, he is working everything in, a, in, a, in the world to his God-appointed end. And he is going to make, as the Bible says, even the evil of people uh, to come to uh, praise him. And so God is doing wonderful things in the world today, amazing things uh, in, in the world uh, uh, today. I think about Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3 and verses 10 and 11. God is our refuge, a very present help in time uh, of, uh, uh, of uh, very present time, a pre- very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, uh, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge." And in this regard, I have been thinking the last few days about the Old Testament prophet uh, Habakkuk, independent of, of, of this coming together. But uh, you, in early in the book of Habakkuk, the Lord, uh, Habakkuk the prophet, he has a complaint that he makes to God. Let me read the complaint to you. He said, O Lord, how long shall I cry? And uh, you will not hear. Uh, I cry out to you violence and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There's strife and contention arises. And therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. God, you... Look at all that's going on. You're not answering my prayer. Stop showing me how bad everything is in the world if you're not going to do anything about it, God. And this is kind of what he's, he's saying uh, to the Lord. And he's pouring his heart out. And we all know something about this uh, cry that Habakkuk makes to the Lord. The Lord's answer is an interesting one. He said, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. 
And I I don't have any interest in unpacking the entire book of Habakkuk uh, this evening, except to say that that the the prophet, uh, when it looked to him like God was doing absolutely nothing among his people, doing nothing in the world, that when God ultimately revealed to Habakkuk what he was uh, uh, doing and what he was about to do, it really did leave Habakkuk Uh, astounded. God is at work today, and we need to believe that. He he doesn't waste anything. He never wastes time. Uh, All of this is somehow working things uh, in a way for what he's wanting to accomplish in the world and in our nation uh, specifically at, at this time in human history. And so he's at work today, and uh, The problem is, is that we'll be blind to what he's doing, completely blind, or we will misinterpret what he's doing based upon all of the events in the world uh, if we do not pray. And if we do not process life uh, with him and ask him, God, how do you see these issues? How do you see this uh, a problem that so confuses me or so agitates me? And God, how do you want me to view uh, these things? And then to ask him how he wants us to be involved in uh, any, of, any situation individually and personally. Otherwise, we'll be completely uh, blind in the present circumstances. All we will see is the present circumstances around us and we'll be, in blind, we'll be blind to the most important things of all. And that is, number one, what is God doing in this? And then number two, what are his instructions to me in the midst of it? And prayer uh, makes our hearts sensitive to his voice and to his leading because prayer lifts my focus off of the immediate, the circumstances, the physical uh, that is before me, and it uh, lifts my eyes above the circumstances of this world, and it lifts our eyes uh, to the Lord. It is absolutely no accident when Jesus gave what is known as the Lord's Prayer uh, to the disciples, that he began that prayer and said, pray after this manner, Our Father which art in heaven. You cannot pray the Lord's Prayer without our focus being taken off of the world and our own circumstances and immediately being elevated to God who is in heaven and then to begin to process now life in the context of of that uh, uh, that perspective. And that's the very first uh, thing that that line in that prayer is intended to accomplish within our lives and what prayer does accomplish in our lives. We talk about, we have a saying, and we say, well, how are you doing? And someone might say, well, under the circumstances. And we all understand uh, what, that, uh, what that means. Uh, but it is prayer that lifts our eyes above the circumstances and uh, for true perspective about uh, what is going on all around us. And I wonder what percentage of what is said in personal conversation or posted on social media uh, by Christians is born out of prayer. 
uh, and, uh, and, uh, and obedience now to then post that or to say whatever that is, is said. I, it would be interesting. I'd be interested in having that statistic, but it would probably be as unreliable as anything we're hearing about uh, the coronavirus on a weekly basis. But, uh, but we, all can, uh, we can all relate to this. Um, this last week, there was a, a, letter, a letter to the editor in a newspaper uh, that I saw, and, uh, and the letter to the editor was a very, very uh, smug, condescending uh, response to a letter um, that had been uh, in the paper a couple days earlier. In fact, it was so... Um, it, it was such an attack upon another letter writer, it was so strong that I was surprised that it ended up uh, getting uh, uh, printed. And uh, so I, I read that letter to the editor, and I had read the previous one that, that he was attacking, and the previous letter had been written by an old schoolmate of mine from high school, and that I haven't been in contact with in uh, 35 years, but I recognized his name, and, uh, and this letter that was written as an attack to his letter, I mean, it really irritated me. And uh, not because it, it, it attacked a, a previous schoolmate of mine, but uh, my friend had made his argument in his letter. He had included qualifying statements in his letter. Qualifying statements are important uh, to notice. And the second letter writer ignored all of them, chose the line that he wanted to attack. He developed a straw man, uh, something that didn't exist from the letter, and proceeded to destroy it and, uh, and uh, tear it apart, which is the great, the, the great mistake, that, uh, error that you cannot do. If you're going to go after something, you have to go after the meat of what it is that, that they have, have said. And I read that, and immediately a letter to the editor uh, began to form in my mind. And I found myself jotting down notes to myself about what the form of it could take and all of this. And, uh, but knowing myself, I have a 48-hour rule uh, that I try to always keep, and that is that whenever I get into that kind of a mode or that kind of a place or uh, agitated or I think it's an injustice or whatever, I, I take and put it off to the side uh, for 48 hours and then uh, just to allow the Holy Spirit to speak uh, to me about whether he wants us to, uh, me to send this or not. I've never sent a letter to the editor before. It would have been my first one. I didn't have to wait 48 hours. Within 24 hours, the Lord made it clear to me that, that, uh, 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 that, uh, that my react, I was not to become uh, a part of what it is that I had in mind and to, to stay completely out of it. Now, you have to remember, I'm not on social media, so I don't see this kind of thing that happens all of the time in that way. So it, it outraged me in a, uh, in a way, being the novice that, that, I, uh, that I am. And the Lord didn't want me to get involved in it. And so uh, the importance of, of prayer in all of this. God's doing great things, and uh, this is a season of great opportunity uh, in general, uh, and, uh, and, and a great opportunity related to the gospel, but it will require prayer uh, in order to see it and then to be a part of it. And so let's pray to God, let's talk to God in our lives, let's talk to Him about wor what worries us, 
what angers us in life at this time, and, uh, and he will always engage us in that conversation and walk us through it. And one of the great things about taking, um, you know, our raw emotions or our feelings or even our boneheaded uh, perspectives to God in prayer is that he's absolutely confidential. And I've taken so many stupid things to the Lord, so many boneheaded ideas where I thought I was right, and I begin to engage him in the conversation. A conversation that may take several days, by the way, on on the issue. And he's so patient, and he begins to walk me through it, and then ultimately I begin to see it in a fuller way and in a different way. And then I'm so glad that I talked with him about it and not somebody else because he always keeps the confidence. He always keeps it to himself. He is safe to talk to in the difficult seasons in life and, and in the world, in our own lives individually. Allow me just two other thoughts, please. In this very stressful and emotional hour in human history, let uh, me also remind us uh, that uh, of our calling as Christians to be ambassadors for Christ. We are uh, God's representatives uh, in this world. And because an ambassador no longer merely represents himself in life, he now represents a kingdom, he represents a nation, and he subdues all of his individual uh, feelings and opinions while he is in the role of an ambassador because of the sobriety of realizing that I don't merely just represent myself in the world, but I represent this much larger, much more important uh, thing. And, uh, and that's what we are. Uh, the Bible declares that we are ambassadors for Christ. And the importance of subjugating within our lives any opinions, any uh, speaking, or uh, any message of our own that would harm our ability to preach the gospel to anyone. And that is the most important thing that we carry in life next to our own salvation is this gospel, this, this offer of salvation by God to mankind uh, into the relationships that are a part of, of our lives. And our Christian witness before the church and before the world is, is just that uh, important. And it's so important that we recognize that. Again, I'm just talking to myself. I'm just glad you're here. You're listening to uh, this uh, uh, positive self-talk that I'm having here. But it is uh, so important that I be careful that my mantle as an ambassador for Christ is not spoiled in any way, that my Christian witness is not marred uh, in my response to the circumstances of life, my ability to preach the gospel to someone who's lost. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 18, Paul writes in this regard, but now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for 
Christ. And that is the message that we must uh, submit all other opinions and messages in our life uh, to. And finally, let me also say that as a church family, that you are not alone in uh, this. Call the church office if you need to talk with someone or come in to see uh, somebody about anything that's going on in your life. We're, we want to look out for one another. We are in this, uh, all of this uh, together. And we need each other. We're, we live in a country that is uh, very individualistic. It is very independent. There are pros to that, uh, but there are cons to that as well. Uh, the, the kind of individual that the culture of the United States of America produces, it produces wonderful things that can be found in a Christian's life, but it can produce an independence and an individualism uh, that uh, doesn't in any way look like how the body of Christ is supposed to operate and us in it uh, personally and individually. And so uh, we're going to need each other. And, uh, and, and like we never have before. And it looks to me like it's going to be all the way till the rapture occurs. And so it's important that we're uh, careful with our relationship with other Christians. Um, it, would be, it would not be wise to burn a relationship with another Christian over masks. That just would not be a smart uh, thing to do or uh, over political issues that are not righteousness issues. There are political issues that are righteousness issues, and those we must make a stand for, but not for these peripheral things uh, that, that are undefined by uh, Scripture or un, unaddressed. And it's important uh, that we be gracious to one another and that we be patient with one another. And every single one of us is in a different place in our walk with the Lord and in our growth in spiritual maturity. And we need to recognize that and we need to allow people room uh, to grow, uh, room to allow the Holy Spirit to bring a person from point A to point B uh, in their lives uh, instead of us being frustrated that they don't see this or they don't get this in our timing. Our timing is unimportant. Uh, what it is that God is doing is what is, is the important thing. And I know we are a gracious and a patient body. Uh, if you want evidence of that, I am the evidence of that uh, front and center. And I, I am thankful to this uh, church family for being very gracious toward me and very patient with me through the years. How many times uh, I can uh, say something that's just goofy or, uh, or something that's uh, poorly put and people will listen and they will think to themselves, well, in a few years, he won't see it that way. In a few years, he won't state it that way. He'll still state it, but he'll state it in a different uh, way. And the grace and the patience that has been extended to me and, uh, and to do that uh, for uh, uh, one another. We're going to need that uh, that all of us, that grace and patience towards one another going forward. And again, I'm not saying that we have a problem at all in this uh, church in this regard or related to anything we're talking about. I'm just saying. 
And of course, the great need in this regard is that we continue to grow uh, in uh, love in this season and in a love for one another. Again, Peter writing, and above all things have fervent love for one another, for love really will cover a multitude of sins. So often what we think is a problem in another person's life, uh, at least I'm prone to, is actually a severe limitation (laughs) of the supply of love that is in my life uh, 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 presently. And so uh, in that regard, I'd like to close my time here uh, before we continue in worship by uh, reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13 uh, to you. And I'd like to read that chapter from my Uh, favorite rendition of that chapter, and that is uh, the Amplified Bible. There's no need to turn to it. Um, I'll I'll read it, and you can just let it uh, wash uh, over you. And here I'm talking about love in the context of uh, uh, for one another in the body of Christ, but then also love for the world around us. And the the two great weapons that you and I possess as Christians and the spiritual warfare that we're involved in is number one, truth, and number two, love. And there is no answer, no uh, 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 logical resistance to those things. They're powerful, powerful uh, weapons and means. And you look at the world today, the pressures that people are under, unsaved people are under, have never heard the gospel before, and it's a lot and, and we want it to produce compassion within our lives for them and then for us to be able to share the gospel with them. I think I'm a little bit older, so I think of uh, Jackie DeShannon singing uh, What the World Needs Now is Love. And I think it was a Burt Bacharach song. And boy, does the world need love right now. And if we get caught up in all of the agitation and all of the, and we address the season right now on the same level that any non-Christian can, we're going to miss an opportunity uh, where th- that is ripe for an expression of love. And I want to challenge myself, but challenge you as well in the midst of all of the stress and fighting and this and that that's been going on for a few months to just stop and ask ourselves, when is the last time in a given situation that I've been in with another person that just pure love flowed forth from my life toward them in their need, whatever it might be. No, no necessarily words or this or that. It was just a pure expression of the fact that this person needs compassion and I am going to be God's instrument for delivering that compassion in their life uh, right now. And it's one of the most wonderful feelings when you walk away from that and say, the Lord used me to do that. And the world is so ripe for it right now, and we have to be careful um, to make sure that this is flowing from our lives because this love flows uniquely from our lives by the Holy Spirit. If it does not come from us into the world, it will not pour forth into the world. Well, let me uh, read here 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul writes and he says, If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, 
that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion such as is inspired by God's love for and in us. I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, uh, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all of the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, God's love in me, then I am nothing, a useless nobody. And even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. For uh, as for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. And as for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. But when the perfect, uh, complete and perfect comes, the complete, incomplete and imperfect will vanish away becoming antiquated, void, and superseded. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought uh, like a child. I reasoned like a child. And now that I have become a man, I'm done with childish ways and have put them aside. For now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection of reality as a riddle or an enigma. But when the perfection comes, we shall see in reality and face to face. And now I know in part, imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. 
And so faith, hope, and love abide. Faith, conviction, and belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love, true affection for God and man growing out of God's love for and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And so if the worship team would come forward right now, um, I'd like them to lead us in a couple of worship songs. And I'll give you the freedom outside. Um, I'd like us to sit tight for a couple of worship songs. I'd like them to do three worship songs where we can just allow, uh, absorb all of these things and just have a time with the Lord for Him to do whatever He wants to do with what's been uh, spoken tonight. If you must uh, 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 scoot out and grab a kiddo, uh, you aren't compelled to do that. They will take care of of the kiddos here for the three songs. And, um, And so this little doctor's visit Uh, Just a chance to make sure that we're all on the same page, that we're safe uh, in the same way a doctor wants to make sure that we're safe physically in a a, a physical environment that is dangerous. Our time here today to just check in with one another and for me to say a few things as your pastor to make sure that uh, we're all uh, staying safe in a, a, a spiritually uh, dangerous situation that we find ourselves in, but a, a circumstance that is filled with tremendous uh, opportunity. Trinity, would you lead us, please?